Hello, and welcome to the Alliant Health Solutions podcast, Making Healthcare Better. My name is Rukia Campbell, and I'm your host today. And joining me today are three very esteemed members of the Alliant Health Solutions team. So I'm going to have them introduce themselves. So Dr. Rask, we're going to kick it off with you. Please share a little bit more about your role at Alliant and what you do. Thanks, Rakia. I'm the Chief Data Officer at Alliant. My background is as a general internist, and I practiced for many years at a large urban safety net hospital. And I've also been trained as a health economist. So I've spent most of my career looking at health outcomes, how to make healthcare better, and how to really impact underserved communities. Awesome. And Courtney, if you could go next. Hi, Rikia. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. Um, I've worked in pretty much all levels of care. I'm here in our ASO team. I'm the clinical and technical supervisor. Um, And in that role, I make sure that our contracts run on time. I provide a clinical analysis um, in selecting our uh, providers for review. And I also manage our system improvements over time. Wonderful. And Jovan, last but not least. Thanks, Rakia. Again, I'm Jovan Gibbons. I am the Task Order Director for Alliant Health Solutions Quality Innovation Network, Quality Improvement Organization, where I work with a team of people who help support nursing homes and community coalitions across our seven state regions. Wonderful. I know all three of you do great work along with your teams and are, you know, very important members of, um, of making sure that we're doing everything that we can to impact healthcare. So thank you for everything that you do. So again, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about the social determinants of health. So um, Dr. Rask can actually more eloquently speak on what exactly that is to give a very good definition of what that means. So, um, so Dr. Rask, what are the social determinants of health? Well, it certainly is a phrase we're hearing a lot more about, a lot more today than we did maybe 10 years or so ago. But really these are factors that have been around for a very long time and have been impacting people's health for generations. Social determinants of health are all of the non-medical factors that impact your health. The World Organization defines it as the conditions in which people are born, grow, live, work, and age. So what are some of these factors that they're talking about? Well, one, for example, is your physical environment. What is the air quality and the water quality in your neighborhood? What is the quality of your housing? What transportation options do you have? Are there parks or playgrounds where you live? There are also economic factors. Are you employed and what kind of a job do you have? What are you required to do is physically or emotionally to be able to be successful at your job? What kind of income does your family have? We also think about the impact of education overall literacy, and then more specifically for healthcare, we think about health literacy. Do you have the language skills that are necessary for you to be able to understand and manage the healthcare for you and your family? What kind of early elementary education programs are available for you when you were young or for your children today? We also think about food, both food insecurity, people who are challenged to have enough food to eat every day, as well as the quality or access to good food. And finally, we think about the people, the social, the community environment around you. What kind of family and social support do you have? Are you in a safe community? Is violence impacting your family life? All of these different social determinants have a lot more influence on our health outcomes than what can happen in 30 minutes in a doctor's office. Mm 
In fact, there are several studies that have suggested that medical care impacts only 10 to 20% of the modifiable contributors for population health. And not only that, but these factors also impact your ability to get quality medical care, and they'll impact your likelihood of having a good outcome from whatever health event happens. Mm -hmm. And so Alliant has really had a long history of promoting good health outcomes for Medicare beneficiaries, for Medicaid members, for people with end-stage renal disease, and people with behavioral health services. And in order to be successful at this work, we've had to proactively think about the barriers that keep people from achieving excellent health outcomes and working with programs and identifying successful interventions that can lead to good health for everyone, whatever their social determinants are. Well, that's really good. And, and you know, I think most people know that our one of our taglines for the work that we do is that we work to make healthcare better. Alliant Health Solutions is about making healthcare better. So, um, so it, it seems very logical to ensure that um, we need to establish and identify what are the barriers um, that are keeping us from making healthcare better. So it, it's great, like you mentioned before, that we're hearing more about social determinants of health and that that's really a focus for Alliant is determining what those barriers are and how we can help move the needle on improving those outcomes. So that brings me to Courtney. So you work with Alliant, the Alliant ASO division, which truly examines how social determinants of health impact people. So what are some of the barriers that you've seen in your line of work? Mm -hmm. um, so in addition to looking um, at the behavioral health records for compliance, we also look at those quality of care issues. Mm -hmm. So we look at things like uh, the coordination of physical health with behavioral health. We look at things like medication management safety planning, and all of those issues that Dr. Rast just talked about, about social determinants of health and how that impacts somebody, someone's life. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, give you a couple of examples. Um, we look at substance use disorder programs. Um, and in looking at those records, what we've seen from time to time is we see members um, who are engaged and willing to participate in treatment, but then we see along the way, they get discharged or kicked out of the program. But as we look at the records, we see that the reason behind that is because maybe they don't have a driver's license or they don't have access to reliable transportation. Um, so that's one of the barriers that Dr. Ross mentioned that prevents them from seeking the healthcare that they're really interested in wanting to get to make their, their life better. Hmm. Another example that I can think of is um, we had a, a record where there was a child who was receiving therapy in aftercare um, programming. So every day the child would go to the program and the child would uh, tell the staff members and the therapist that they were hungry at home. And that of course is a, a food insecurity issue, again, like Dr. Ross talked about. Uh, but you could see in the notes that nothing was really done. And it was clear that the staff, not that they didn't care, they just weren't sure what they could do about it. Mm -hmm. um, so what we were able to do is take all of that information about the outcomes that we were able to gather and share that information with the health plan. And the health plan was able to be really innovative. Um, they were able to establish um, a behavioral health town hall meeting with their providers. And in this type of setting, they were able to share the information that we were able to glean from our reviews. Um, they were able to share that information with the provider network. 
Um, and then they were able to also explain um, and, and share the types of resources that are available through the health plan. Um, because in many instances, again, the providers clearly care for the people they're serving, but they just may not know what is available out there and how to go about linking them with those services. And when we talk about addressing social determinants of health, it's a community effort. No one agency or one person is gonna fix these things. So it really does take a collaboration. Um, and so with this behavioral health town hall meeting, it really does allow some space for that type of collaboration. And the health plan is able to really give some really tangible, um, meaningful uh, things that really help the members address those barriers and those gaps um, that they experience in their lives. Awesome. And obviously, um, it would definitely be a benefit to the patients because then they're able to then um, either address those barriers or overcome those barriers and get the help that they need. Exactly. That's really, that's really good. So with the community effort, that brings me to Jovan. Um, with your mention of community providers, um, that is actually one of the many focuses on Jovan's team is community engagement. So can you share what are some things that your team has been able to do to address social determinants of health? Sure, Kia. Um, connecting with communities on a grassroots level is an important part of our work. We have drawn from experiences in the past of our long history of doing this type of work, and we have expanded it to our seven state region that we have with our quality improvement work. While each of our 91 coalitions are um, different, they have different makeup, different membership, we believe that the foundation is the same. We want to bring together providers, community-based organizations, and other interested entities who want to improve the quality of Medicare beneficiaries' health. And some of the examples of some of these coalition members are hospitals, skilled nursing facilities, home health agencies, health departments, paramedicine programs, caregiver groups, and even law enforcement. Some of the topics of interest are um, improving readmission and admission rates. We're also looking at improving chronic disease self-management, improving patient safety, and reducing opioid misuse. We provide resources and tools to assist these coalitions in their improvement journey, as well as to help identify other entities that are quote unquote missing from the table. We want to make sure that everyone is has an opportunity to join coalitions and that everyone's voice is heard. Very nice. I'll just give you a um, couple of examples of um, what our, some of our coalitions are doing. So we do have uh, one coalition in Georgia where the local area agency on aging is the lead and they secured some funding for their local area to help eliminate the gap when services are not covered. And so this has definitely helped with some of the access to medications that maybe they wouldn't be able to afford if they did not have secure, they had not secured that funding. So we know that um, lack of medications can lead to readmissions and admissions that could be avoidable if they um, did have those medications. So having this to their um, local citizens and the residents in the counties they serve is really being a, a good help and good service to that area. Mm -hmm. They've also decided to um, collaborate with their local health department and identify those homebound patients who cannot have access to a COVID-19 vaccination because they can't leave the house. And together they are working to get those vaccinations to them. So that helps to provide an access that maybe 
they wouldn't be able to um, get to a place to have it. Nice. Uh, one of our coalitions in Florida also has a local area of agency that they work with, and um, they're providing wellness classes. And those classes um, offer a range of different classes at no um, cost. And they can include chronic disease self-management, healthy eating, and identifying those um, good foods that they need for their diets. Um, they also have Tai Chi to prevent falls, which is really great in our elderly population. And then they also provide support to caregivers. So programming such as this will help to not only prevent and manage disease, but it also gives some great social support to some people who may be isolated because of their home environment. Mm -hmm. Overall, we truly believe that the answers are in the room or in this case, in the community. And by partnering with those who live in and support our communities, we can empower their residents to become partners in their own healthcare and make an impact on outcomes. Very nice. So we've covered a lot um, in the time that we've spent together. Um, you know, Dr. Raz providing a definitive definition of what social determinants of health and giving specific examples about what those are. Um, Courtney sharing what Alliant ASO specifically does to support health plans and providers um, with providing quality care to their patients and examining and keeping social determinants top of mind as barriers and things that could be preventing them from getting the services that they need. And then Javon wrapping it up with um, the community tie and letting us know it's a community effort and there are community programs that are looking at and addressing some of these barriers. So Dr. Rask, I lean to you to close us out. And as we looked at all of those things around the pie, what is something that we can do looking at ourselves in our own life um, to determine what uh, environments are impacting our health? Well, thank you, Courtney, Jovan, and Rakia for kind of really giving us a nice flavor for all of the range of activities and the range of ways that as individuals and as a community, we can really impact not only our health, but other people's health. So first of all, thinking about your own health, I'd say be an active participant in your health and be an active member of your care team. It's important that you keep up with recommended preventive services, but even more than that, pay attention to the social factors that impact you, that impact your family, and that impact your community and feel comfortable sharing your own situation with your healthcare providers. If access to healthy food is a problem for you, then it's gonna be a challenge to manage your diabetes. You don't need to keep that a secret. Talk about it, share. There may be programs in your community that can help support you in, in your time of need. If walking isn't safe in your neighborhood, ask for ideas for how you can get the physical activity that you need to, in order to be healthy. As a member of your community, now that we know how important our communities are to our own health, if you are able, advocate for your community. Join those coalitions that Jovan mentioned. Mm -hmm. Speak up to your health insurers, as Courtney pointed out. If you can advocate for you, your community, you can make your own health better, as well as the health of those other members of your community who may not be able to speak for themselves. A healthy community helps everyone, and it helps you as an individual. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I thank all of you for participating in today's episode. And I thank you all for listening to Align Health Solutions podcast, Making Healthcare Better.